today's Adam Schefter podcast, we are joined by the men who will make the decisions at the top of the NFL draft. New York Giants general manager Dave Gettleman comes on to discuss what the Giants thinking is with the number two overall pick. Then we'll hear from Browns head coach Hugh Jackson, whose team holds the number one and number four overall picks. And then the Broncos general manager John Elway, whose team comes in at number five. But first, the Giants general manager, Dave Gettleman. All right, Dave, you were with the Giants for almost 15 years, from May of 1998 through January of 2013. Come back as their general manager this past offseason. What has it been like to return as the GM of this franchise that you once worked for in the past? Well, you know, Adam, it's an iconic franchise, okay? It it has been around since 25, and just thinking of the history of of the New York football giants and now being the general manager of that franchise is, you know, it's the classic dream come true. I never imagined in a million years it was going to happen. Um, you know, got fired in July and, you know, had, you know, had a great fall. I traveled. Uh, I, I, I did some, uh, I did some speaking, some public speaking and, and I was having a ball. You know, went to Germany, went to up, up the Northeast for three weeks, saw the leaves and the foliage, which I hadn't seen Lord knows how long. But, you know, it was, it was a real, I had a really cathartic fall and, uh, Never expected it was going to happen. How does that happen? How does a guy go from being fired on the eve of training camp, which, by the way, the calendar in the NFL is blurred to the point where we're getting GMs fired in July. We're seeing huge blockbuster trades in January. And you get hired a few months later here as the Giants GM. How does that happen, Dave? Well, you know, it's... it's. Uh, I had a buddy of mine that used to always say, don't lock your knees. And that's what the NFL truly is. You can't lock your knees. Um, I felt like, uh, you know, we accomplished a lot down in Carolina. I was very proud of what we did down there. And, uh, you know, the job became open, and I got a call. Did you have any idea that that was going to happen or could happen in July? I had no idea. I was just as sure as anybody else that they were going to have a nice season. And, and that was really hard. Because, you know, somebody asked me a question over there about Carolina and the sale. And and I told him, I said, it's hard for me. I, there's a lot of people whose lives are topsy-turvy. They have no idea what's going to happen. Well, it was I, I, I was on the outside looking in in the arc. Because I'm looking at what's going on, and it's not going well. And, and uh, I'm worried about people I care about that could potentially be looking for work. So it was... It was strange. It was very strange. What did you learn during your time as a GM in Carolina? Um, I felt I had some ideas and theories that I was able to put into use. You know, you sit in the back of the room for, you know, year after year after year. And, you know, I was very blessed. I I learned from Bill Polian, Bob Ferguson, Ernie Acorsi, um, you know, Tom Coughlin, Mike Shanahan. I mean, you can talk about getting an education, okay? And yeah, you know what I'm I, talking about. I've, I've gotten the chance to work next to a lot of those people. Exactly. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, you you have ideas and and about how you, how you would run a draft, how you would uh, evaluate players in terms of co- especially college players because it's such a different game they're playing and theories. And I got a chance to use them, and they worked, obviously. We, 
you know, did pretty well. And um, so it's it's it was it's fun. It's unique. And every once in a while, you like to have um, what's the word I'm looking for? Affirmation that you're not out of your mind. <laughs> we all are, though, Dave. <laughs> I know. I know. One of the situations that you went through in Carolina was pulling the franchise tag off Josh Norman. Yeah. It was a very interesting situation. What did you take from that situation? Well, there's been a lot of speculation about what happened. Bottom line is, I was doing what I felt was in the best interest of the Carolina Panthers. The only thing that gave me pause was I was violating one of my rules, which is I really truly believe the whole purpose of free agency is to set yourself up in the draft so that you can take the best player available. Obviously, you know, pulling the tag on Josh, you know, we were kind of needy. And, but I'm not completely out of my mind because it was a heavy kind of draft. So once we made the decision to do it, Adam, the next difficult thing was to walk into the draft room and look at all the guys and say, listen, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to know we need Connors. But I'm telling you right now, we're not going to overvalue the position. They're going to earn their grade, and that's where they're going to be placed, and we'll go to work. Mm. So that was the one thing that I, I did violate, that one tenant that I have. Are there other Dave Gettleman rules that I should be aware of here? Uh, or other fans? Uh, let me think. No, I mean, that to me is the is the the whole purpose, really, Adam, of free agency should bring you to the draft so that you can take the best player available. Okay, so here we are. We have the draft coming up. You're sitting there at number two. What is your thinking now as the draft approaches? Well, again, um, I'll tell you another story. I got a million of them. Yep. All right, so I'm, a th- I'm an intern with the Buffalo Bills. Bill Pullian's the GM. And uh, we had the, this is 86, we had the third pick of the draft. And we were discussing the players and whatever. And um, we had an, uh, a veteran DB coach by the name of Dick Roach. Yep. He's a heck of a coach. And uh, we're, everybody's talking, and Dick said, I, you, know, I, you know, Dick jumped in and said, listen, in my mind, this, we're not looking for the third best guy in this draft. We're looking for a player that is worthy of being the third pick of any draft. And it stuck with me all these mm. years. And he's he was 100% right. So that's what I'm doing. You know, someone over there, uh, you know, someone asked me the question about the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you're taking a quarterback at two, is he going to make everybody better? Is he worthy of being the second pick of the draft? Is he the guy that with... 239 left in the Super Bowl, and you're down by four, is he taking you down the field? That's what you have to ask yourself. And you can't hope <laughs> that he can do it. you gotta, you no. got to, in your gut, know this guy can do it. Ernie, I've talked to Ernie a million times about Eli, and he said, Dave, I he knew. I knew, and Ernie... You know, has really been blessed. I mean, he he's been around great quarterbacks. I mean, he was around Johnny Unitas in his prime. You know, you know, at the end, and always regretted trading Elway. You know, well, I, this is a backstory. <laughs> we won't go there. You know, but you know, he's been Bert, Bert Jones. 
Oh, you know? great quarterback from the I mean, you know, Colts. Britt Jones, hardly, you know, Ernie tells the story. Britt Jones hardly played as a senior. Yeah. And he said, Joe Thomas, they took him, and he's looking at, I think it was Joe Thomas, and he just, he's saying, Joe, he said, I know. And he was right. If, I mean, unfortunately, he had his, you know, he had some bad shoulder injuries, and his career was cut shot. But, and then, you know, of course, he drafts Elway. Then and then uh, you know he has the opportunity. Drafted Koza, that yeah. whole thing. Okay, everybody's laughing because Koza had a weak arm. You know he took him to two. You know how many AFC championships? Right. You know so you have to have that feel. Have you seen a player worthy of the number two selection yet? And we we are under a month away to the draft. There'll be more work that has to be done. Exit. Right, right, right. Have I? Yeah, I think I want to do some more work. But I, but my, my right now my scope is really limited, Adam. I, I'm, you know, it's since I got the job, I'm not crying. You know, since I got the job, you know, we hired Pat. You got to hire a coaching staff. It's, 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 you know, there's been so much going on that really I'm going to go home tomorrow, and I'm just telling everybody, leave me alone. I need three weeks to watch film, so we'll get there. So you don't know that you will have a decision on who you will take until right up to the draft. Oh, almost. absolutely. I've heard people tell me that. There are teams that already have their draft board set, and they're smarter than me. I don't know how you can do a, set a draft board in, in, in February. I don't know how you do it. There's so much information you don't have. So I'm not that smart. We'll be set at the draft. Dave, I live in New York. There's not a day that goes by where I have a Giants fan who doesn't ask me, who are the Giants taking in the draft? <laughs> Not a single day. And I get right. asked that question multiple times. Oh, I'm sure. So what do I tell them when they ask me who the Giants are taking in the draft? I plan on taking a great player. There we go, right? There's the answer. There you go. Dave Gettleman plans on taking a great player. My other question for you is, when you and the GM of the Browns, John Dorsey, sit down and have breakfast in Orlando, what do the two of you discuss? Adam, I'm going to tell you something. I laughed when I saw the whatever. We were talking about our fall. <laughs> what we did, what he did, two what fire I did. GMs, exactly two fire GMs talking about real life. You know, I it was it was pretty funny. I saw it. And I said, "Oh my gosh!" All we did was talk about the fall. I'm serious. So no trades, no players, Nothing. no okay, Focus. good. So we can dispel that right now. Yes. And Absolutely. the last thing I let before I let you go, what do we think about all this old? BJ speculation that's out there about the Giants trading Odell Beckham Jr. You, you know, it, it's speculation. It, 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 you know, it's an old saying: you throw enough mud against the wall, something will stick. <laughs> the it's speculation, and I, you know, Adam, you know, I can't respond to it. You know, it's just it's speculation, and people have fantasies, and it's not for me to say no. Dave, thank you very much for taking the time <laughs> to join us today. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time back in Denver. Yes. Carolina. Yes. And now at the New York Giants. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you, Dave. God bless. From Giants General Manager Dave Gettleman to the man who comes before him and then after him at number four, Browns head coach Hugh Jackson. All right, Hugh, what is it like to sit in this position about one month out of the draft holding the number one and four overall selections as well as five picks in the first two rounds of the draft. Well, it's really exciting. You know, it's uh, it's an opportunity for us to, to get our football team better. Um, obviously, uh, we got some work to do uh, in order to get this organization headed in the right direction. 
At the coach's breakfast, you had said that you believe this year's quarterback class is better than last year's quarterback class. Mm-hmm. What makes this quarterback class better than last year's? I just think there's four guys that you can really say have a chance to, uh, you know, everybody uses this term franchise quarterback, but I think there's really four guys that can really come in this league and play and play well. And so I think um, that's the reason why I'm saying that. I think there was three guys that got drafted in the first round last year. I think there's potential that there will be four this year. I want to ask you your thoughts on each of those four without compromising your team situation. Mm-hmm. When I say their name, what comes to your mind? We'll start with Sam Darnold. Uh, grit. Toughness. I think the young man has the ability to make any throw, and uh, I think he has uh, the qualities that you look for in a quarterback. Josh Allen. Very athletic. Uh, big arm. Um, proto-style looking quarterback uh, that can make any throw in the National Football League. Josh Rosen. Uh, very smart. Um, precision passer. Um, looks like um, the guy that you want to uh, put back there just to throw the ball anywhere you want to want to throw it to. And Baker Mayfield, tough um, uh, leader of men, uh, a guy who uh, has the ability to inspire a whole football team. Is it worth going through the type of year that you had to endure last year to be in this position today? <laughs> I'm not going to say it's worth going through it, but I had to go through it, you know, and so I'm just very fortunate and blessed to have opportunities to still be sitting here leading this organization and trying to get this football team better. Was there any doubt in your mind that you would be in this position today after enduring the type of year you did last year and really the last two years? No, it wasn't because of uh, the leadership of our owners. Uh, Dee and Jimmy Haslam have always been in contact with me and, and communication, I should say, with me and always made me feel very comfortable about what we were trying to accomplish. What has most impressed you so far about your new general manager, John Dorsey? He's a football guy. You know, he has tremendous relationships throughout the National Football League. He understands uh, the lay of the land, you know, within the uh, the league. Uh, he has tremendous um, uh, eye for talent and knows how to truly build a football team, and that's what we've been trying to do. Take me through that 24-hour period where the Browns made four different trades. You know, it was really amazing. You know, I think uh, John sat there. Uh, we set a plan a while back about how we wanted to execute it. And the thing that I'm most um, uh, surprised by, you know, things never go as planned. And when you look at our plan, it started to kind of unfold the way John said it would. You know, and again, I take that back to one us spending the time together from a personnel staff and coaching staff, Elliot Wolf, Alonzo Highsmith, uh, the acquiring of Todd Haley, you know, Greg Williams, Amos Jones, and then just really making sure that the plan was kind of airtight and we kind of kept it under wraps and, and you look up and John's executing it. It was crazy. It was. It was Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. It was Jarvis Landry. It was Demarius Randall and Deshaun mm-hmm. Kaiser. And then it was Danny Shelton. Had you ever experienced anything like that during the course of your pro career? Not like that. Like I said, when you normally come up with a plan, it normally doesn't go as planned. Um, but we started to watch this thing unfold. And I think, honestly, that's truly the magic of John. He has a way about it. And I'm not going to say he's going to bat 100% every time. But I think we have a plan. We try to execute it. And we try to make the most of it. So what's the plan for next month here? What's the plan for the draft? <laughs> the, the plan is, you said it earlier, we have five of the first 64 picks uh, to get our football team better. You know, And I think, um, again, we, we have a plan in place. Uh, we haven't had a chance to really uh, just nail it down yet. But if I know John, we will hear very soon. Uh, it's the key to all of this is to make sure that we come away with football players that can help this organization be better uh, right now and also into the future. 
When do you envision settling on a number one pick? Because I know John himself has talked about having to go into the lab and do more work and study. Yes. But when do you think you as an organization would make that decision about who you are going to take at number one? It might be the day of the draft, knowing uh, how we go about it. You know, John said it, and he, he does. He goes dark. You know, sometimes it's hard for me to catch him, too. But, uh, no, we'll sit there and really have a great conversation at some point in time about what we think is best. I think it's a little early, but I know we will. But I know, John, he's going to take every minute uh, to make sure that we get this right. I want you to make a couple of predictions for me. Can you predict safely that this team is going to be able to win a game next year? I can make that prediction. I think that's a, a very fair question, and I do believe we will win a game. And can you make the prediction that with five of the top picks in these two rounds, with Tyrod Taylor, with Jarvis Landry, with Demarius Randall, that you'll make the playoffs next year? <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I won't say that, but I, I, I think I'm excited about uh, the talent that we've added to our team is veteran players who have done really well, you know, at their positions. Um, they bring a certain swagger and energy into our building, um, coupled with the guys that we have there that are returning, um, some very talented players. I think it's going to be an exciting year for us. And you got a prediction for me at who's going to go number one? I don't have that <laughs> prediction yet. I, I You would have to talk to John about that one, but I do know this. We're going to get a fine football player. Hey, Hugh, I appreciate taking some time. Thank you very much, and good luck in the draft next month. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And from Cleveland to the man who once tormented Cleveland, former Broncos quarterback and now Broncos general manager, John Elway. All right, John, the first year I covered the Denver Broncos was back in 1990. You guys were 5-11. and 11. You were the quarterback of that team. This past year, once again, not to drudge up too many negative memories or anything, <laughs> you were 5-11. and 11. Uh-huh. Is it tougher going 5-11 and 11 as a starting quarterback or as an executive? You know, it's no fun either way, uh, but I think it's probably harder as an executive. Number one, it's the freshest. It was just last year, and so it's hard to forget that already. And, and uh, But also, you know, you know, there's not a lot you can do during a season. You know, you can't get things fixed during a season. So that's why, uh, you know, we're in the middle of trying to get things fixed now. But uh, it's, it's 5-11 is a very difficult thing to go through. Anything more miserable professionally than going through a season like that? No, <laughs> there is not, and that uh, it realized made me realize how much I hate losing because that was uh, it was a long year. So, so during the off season, you go out and get Case Keenum. What went into the process of signing Case Keenum? Well, I mean, I think that the, obviously there's a bunch of different options. We're picking at five, and all the different things that we're looking at and looking into, uh, you know, with the free agents that were going to be available. Um, you know, we just did our homework on all of them and really, you know, tried to fi- figure out which one would be the best fit for us. And uh, when we went through, went through all our work and all our homework, we, you know, it fell on Case. And so we jumped on Case quickly and, and tried to get him done quick. And I think, uh, you know, once we got Case done, then all the other dominoes started to fall. And so, uh, but we were excited to get Case. How much insight did you have into Case being that Gary Kubiak in your front office coached him in Houston? Vance Joseph coached him in Houston. I know that you've studied his work when he was in Los Angeles. I mean, that had a lot. Obviously, you, you know, if, you, if you've got people that know him and uh, know what he's about, that that definitely uh, that helps. And obviously, with Case having played for Gary as well as, as you, you said, VJ, so we we knew that we knew he was a great kid, the way he worked, and the type of leadership skills that he had. But uh, you know, I think what we saw last year is the way he played, played consistently all year, and, and really took a good football team to the NFC Championship game, even though it didn't. 
you know, they lost there, but uh, really had a good year. And so we're just, you know, we believe that, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of, you know, reached that uh, where he's going to play well and, you know, play well year in and year out. And hopefully, uh, you know, it's for a long time. He came into Denver for the press conference and he put up a picture of him wearing a John Elway jersey back in the day, number seven. Uh, no. What, what did that mean to you? Uh, well, you know, it, it, it's always very flattering, but also it always makes me feel like, uh, you know, now I'm really, I, you know, I know I'm creeping up there in age, but that makes me feel uh, uh, a lot older when your starting quarterback was wearing his wearing your jersey when he was in grade school. So, uh, you know, you're getting up there a little bit. When he came into Denver, what stood out to you about the way he handled himself? You know, it's kind of what I'd heard. Everyone talked about what a good person he was and, and serious and, and, you know, leadership qualities and the way that he handled himself, well, way, the way he handled the press and, you know, way, the way he'll handle the situation coming in. Obviously, the quarterback position, there's always a lot of pressure on it, and he's been in the middle of it now. But, uh, you know, just uh, when I got a chance to be around him and talk to him a little bit, it just uh, reconfirmed the fact that, uh, you know, I think we really believe we made the right decision and go in that direction. So you have a quarterback <clears throat> and – you now have some added flexibility with the upcoming draft. What are your thoughts on drafting a quarterback with the fifth overall pick? You know, Adam, that'll be wide open. It's going to change time and time. I think we'll go through all the different scenarios and look and see what happens. And who knows, try to go through each plan. We'll start draft meetings. Uh, you know, in a couple of weeks and, and uh, delve into that. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm betting we won't know what, what direction we're going to go until we, you know, probably the day of or the day before and, and uh, look at all the different scenarios. And if this were the case, what would we do? And so we'll have to do that when we, uh, you know, we, we set our board and, and uh, set the quarterback position where, we're, where we want those those guys in order where they where we would have them and then, you know, go through the scenarios and see where things may fall. And yet you do have a tremendous amount of quarterback insight. You coached Baker Mayfield or scouted Baker Mayfield during the Senior Bowl. You coached and scouted Josh Allen during the Senior Bowl. You've gone to Josh Rosen's Pro Day, I believe it was. Uh And you've had lots of experiences with these quarterbacks. Without compromising anything, can you give me a broad thumbnail sketch of some of the things that you've seen from Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, well, I mean, I think around. they all they all have their strengths and their and their weaknesses, and they're all you know all, all a little bit better. Obviously, Rosen's more of a pocket passer, can really throw the football. Darnold's a guy that can get out, move around, make some big plays outside the pocket, but also can throw it from within. You know, Josh Josh Allen's a big athletic guy too that can move around, and and uh, you know, and then Baker is a guy that's uh, you know he's a great competitor, and and I think when you look at his numbers, the way he's played uh, the last couple of years at OU, really the last three years at OU, and what he's done. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, he's going to get knocked on his on his height because he's six foot. So, um, you know, they're all you know, it's a it's a good crop of young quarterbacks, and uh, you know, I think uh, you know the chances of these guys all being pretty successful are pretty good. That was your first time being around Baker Mayfield at the Senior Bowl, I take it, correct? Yeah, yeah. And how is that reality compared to the perception of him that exists out there? Well, you know, he's he's a he's a hard nosed competitor. That's what he is. He takes things serious, and so um, you know, I think that uh, you know, in our in our work on on Baker, and we, we we when we dig into him, we'll look at the background, look at all those th- you know things that have happened to him, and and uh, you know, evaluate those and figure you know what kind of influence they would have on his decision. You have been very aggressive as a general manager. What do you think your father would say <laughs> if he saw all the moves that you've made? through your time as a Broncos general manager. And for those who don't know, John's father was a great man, worked in the Broncos front office, longtime football coach. You know, I, I, I would tell you, uh, 
I think about that a lot, you know, and see what, you know, be in situations of, you know, what would Jack do in this situation and, or how would Jack handle this? And so I do think of that a lot, but I think that, uh, you know, I think he'd be, pre- you know, pretty proud. We've had some success over the last, you know, seven years since I've been there and it's been good success and haven't, you know, been able to win a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, it'd, it'd be sure nice to be able to go to him a couple of times and ask him for his advice, but uh, I think from, for the most part, he'd be pretty proud of it. When you think about him and you say, what would Jack do? What comes to your mind often? Well, and I, you know, that's always, it, it, it changes all the time because it's, uh, you know, the, the situation of, you know, when you either sign this player or sign that player, how he would evaluate a guy, if you liked a guy, and, and uh, but also I'd kind of think of his philosophies and, and uh, try to base off what I do off a lot of his philosophies. And his number one philosophy was, was speed. He always wanted speed, so I never forget the speed factor. Is that right? Yep. I didn't realize he was that much of a speed guy. He was a guy. No, you look at his team zone. He all—that's one thing that all his teams did have. They all had great speed. Now, what has been the one thing that has surprised you most about being an executive? You know, I think that uh, when you get it, when you first get into it, I think it, looking from the outside, I, my my biggest concern was worried about the administrative side of trying to get everything done with the league office and all those type of things, and that turned out to be not what I it nearly as complicated as I thought it might be. Obviously, we've got I've got tremendous help and. But people would deal with the, the league office as far as the administrative side of the rules and all those type things. So, um, but you know what? It's, uh, the one thing about it is it never ends, right? You know, it never ends. And each year, the better you do and the more people want and the expectations keep getting higher and higher. And so, you know, it's just, uh, you feel like you're, uh, you know, you kind of running on a treadmill sometimes and that treadmill just keeps going faster and faster because the expectations, especially in Denver, and that's, and we're used to it is the fact that, uh, uh, you know, we got to win a lot of football games to be in the hunt. So, what will it take for this team not to go five and eleven this year and not have another one of those miserable seasons? <laughs> well, you, you know, you never say never. You know, you, things could happen, and you know, ball bounces funny ways. And so, but you know, hopefully, we can stay healthy and we can continue to get back on track. What we're doing, get the better players. We talked about the quarterback position, also defensively play like we're capable of. I, even though we had good numbers of where we were yardage wise, you know, we're still twenty first in scoring. So, we got to get. Uh, now got to get our defense back on track. Hey, John, thank you very much for the time today. You got it. Great it. seeing you. Special thanks today to the Giants general manager, Dave Gettleman, the Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson, and the Broncos general manager, John Elway. Join us next week when we'll hear from 49ers head coach, Kyle Shanahan, the Vikings general manager, Rick Spielman, and the Detroit Lions head coach, Matt Patricia, on next week's Adam Schefter podcast.